Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always is my brother Brennan, together we make movies with DBS Films. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about Five Nights at Freddy, and more importantly, why horror movies are doing so well in the current theatrical landscape in 2023. As always, be sure to take a look at our movies online. Horror in the Forest is out. We got a cold grave coming out very shortly. If you rent and review, it means the world to us. And as always, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans with our fans. And if you ever want to be part of the movie making process, well, that is the place to be, my friends. So really what this episode is to kind of highlight is the success of not only Five Nights at Freddy's, but mainly horror movies in general, our thoughts on it and how it kind of has changed the uh, 2023 landscape. Um, That being said, I do have a disclaimer. Brendan has yet to see the movie. I saw the movie. I don't think Brendan really has much experience with the games either, Um, but this will be kind of something well, I'll, I'll chime in a little bit. I had a chance to, to kind of watch it before we hop into that though. You know, I, I do want to kind of, you know, mention if you've listened to us, a lot of times we've mentioned how there's a shifting uh, landscape when it comes to these movies, specifically in the box office, where your blockbuster blockbusters have kind of gotten like condensed down to either IP or superhero movies because you needed to kind of guarantee that you get people out into the movie theaters. And there is one genre that has apparently just been able to continue to chug along. We love it for multiple reasons. We make them. We make horror movies because you can make a very friendly budget. You have a built-in audience, all of these benefits. But before we kind of hop into the individual movies, Brennan, you want to give an overview of why you think horror has really been the breakout genre over the past few years as you have these movie execs scrambling with rom-com, scrambling with horror or with superhero movies now. And it seems like Blumhouse and some of the other horror developers are really able to step up to the plate and keep continuing to uh, deliver. Yeah. Horror is always popular. Um, It just, there's a lot of people who like uh, horror movies and they like the community and, you know, we've been to multiple conventions, you know, um, the horror community has been is stronger than ever. I've never seen more conventions going on than I have now. And, you know, they're always down to try new things where I think you don't have people, you have people who like romance movies, but they don't go to all the romance movies because they're fans of romance movies. Horror movie fans will go to every single horror movie out there. I mean, I pretty much watch everything. Um, and there's a lot of people like that, you know, new every weekend there's going to be some kind of new horror movie out there. We're going to go watch it. And obviously right now we're in the middle of Halloween, but we have some massive releases. You have Hell House coming out when Evil Lurks is supposed to be one of the best horror movies um, out there. I'm halfway through. It's very, very good right now. And then you have the large IP dumps, which is Five Nights at Freddy's, Exorcist Believer. Um, all these movies can draw huge crowds because it's what horror fans want. They want new stuff, but they also want some of the same. There's a lot of nostalgia factor with horror fans. And I think that's kind of, one of the reasons it's cool is because, you know, they can be like, hey, I'm a fan of this. Um, you know, let me see it again. Like the people like we're going to talk about tonight with Five Nights at Freddy's, it's a built-in community. They like that kind of stuff. They're excited to see a new take on it, a new story um, in the visual medium of a, of a movie. And, you know, obviously they're showing up. Everyone's showing up. And it's really been a great year for horror, whether you like Outwaters or Skinner Rink or you want the bigger releases like Saw um or uh the exorcist uh all around this has been you know a very solid year for horror fans 
It definitely has. And based on the box office projections, I'm going to go out there and say congratulations, Five Nights at Freddy's fans. You have cemented what will most likely be a very long series. I believe they already have at least a three-picture deal kind of ironed out in the back end there. But um, it is something where the box office speaks for it. And again, before we hop into the individual movie, I think another thing I want to highlight is something I've mentioned about, uh, again, before a few times. I can easily tell if a movie is going to be very successful if during the movie there are a ton of videos on TikTok and the different social media elements of people dressing up to go to the movies. I've mentioned it before, but if you can make the movies an event where the movie is kind of highlighting your fandom, your support, and again, for Barbie, it was really the, you know, uh, nostalgia and the iconicness of the brand mixed with the Barbie Heimer concept. You had Megan with the dance. You had the minions with Winion or the Winion type um, or gentle minions. That's what that that whole trend was. So you have all of these trends that kind of pop up from the community. But the biggest thing is you need to make these an event. And when you can make an event, that's when you really seem to take it to the next level. And as you kind of mentioned, I don't think any genre or any community does making things an event like the horror community. I mean, they literally go to these events, um, you know, and these different uh, shows to celebrate what they like. So you want to kind of talk about the power of that in the sense of, again, you know, the, the, you're, you're almost like going to the event with the movie being the byproduct and it's not the sole focus. So you already have that built in regardless of what the movie is because you have that community and because you have that event of, you know, being able to go out there and celebrate again, a ton of cosplayers do five nights at Freddy's every single year. So there's just so much material, so much stuff there. So you want to talk about how having something like that and having a community it makes it such an easy and strong move to lean into, especially if you're a Blumhouse. Oh yeah. I mean, number one, uh, Blumhouse probably does marketing better than anyone right now. Um, all his stuff is viral. He's very, very heavy on TikTok. So, you know, shout out to whoever does their marketing stuff because I think there's a viral aspect to it, but it's also making sure that all the content gets pushed when people create organic content, um, you know, and they do a great job. Like Kel said, I saw a lot of videos of people dressing up, excited for the movie. So it's, it's one thing to, you know, get it out there. And then any kind of organic stuff is really how this really takes off. You saw it with Barbie um, and Oppenheimer. So, but I mean, it just comes back to, it's a community, you know, people want to see this. It's a loyal fan base. There's a lot of hype in it. It's been, I think, 10 years in the making to try and get this movie completed. Um, and they finally got it out there. So, you know, kudos to Blumhouse um, and the team that got this done. Making a movie is not easy. But I think that they, you know, they knew they had something special here. They knew, and Blumhouse is probably the best place to put your stuff right now. Um, just because they have the ability to market and push it. But I think Blumhouse and A24 um, and some of the horror studios do the best fan interaction stuff. When Talk To Me came out, um, basically I had a A24 press package and went to go see that movie for free and they rewarded a lot of people. And they did that all over the country. They let people come in and watch that movie a couple of weeks early. And that's, you know, great. I mean, it's, I'm a... A24, I like them. Um, some of the movies are hit and miss as far as me, but like how they reward the people and their community is massive. And I think it shows they have a loyal fan base. I'm gonna I'll go watch anything that A24 makes, um, even the stuff that you know is just not my style. But I think that's how you have to do it. 
And it doesn't matter if you have, you know, millions of fans like five, five nights at Freddy's, or if you only have a couple, whereas you're just, you know, growing up as a, a filmmaker, you got to reward your fans. It's the most important thing you can do. I definitely agree with that. And, uh, you know, really now hopping into the actual review of the movie um, again, Brendan has yet to see it. I saw it. Thank you, Peacock, for having it live at the same time. That was super easy and super convenient for me. Um, here's what I will say. And I am a pretty tough critic when it comes to movies in general. I will say overall, if you take the movie just by itself as a movie, I probably give it like a four out of 10 if I have no clue what Five Nights at Freddy's is. The animatronics and whatnot didn't quite do it for me. Um, they went in a very, very softer PG-13 element of it. But here's the thing. When I start to put in the elements that this is the first attempt for them in this series, there is a lot of IP behind this. There was a lot of development, as you mentioned, in the sense of getting this completely finalized. They made a very safe movie. And we see safe movies all the time. Basically, every single horror or every single superhero movie, for the most part, is kind of that safe one. And I know people kind of push back a little bit on this. But I would say if you add in the elements of knowing that it's Five Nights at Freddy's because they did a whole ton of little winks and nods to the audience about, hey, remember this lore or remember this or they said the line, all of that stuff was kind of happening. That kind of makes it a six out of 10. But then when you understand, in my opinion, that this is served as the intro to the entire brand of Five Nights at Freddy's for kids who are now watching this movie that are seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old now, because like I said, it was a very soft horror movie when, you know, me knowing how the Five Nights at Freddy's game actually looked when we first played it was expecting a pretty gritty type, you know, horror movie. And they went with the lighter one. But the main reason they did that is so that they can now build on this franchise. This franchise, in my opinion, will continue to run. They can eventually make the darker version if they'd like to, but they have set themselves up for success with this. So I give it a 10 out of 10 when you think of that, because all of those people who grew up loving Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, who either now bring their little brothers or their sisters or their kids now that they have, they have a perfect entrance way into this entire franchise, into this ecosystem. So I think it's genius. So that being said, do you want to kind of talk about how it's almost kind of like our approach <laughs> on a very micro scale of they were testing to see what the audience reaction of Five Nights at Freddy was. I think it was a relatively safe idea. And now I think from here, the stories are only going to get better because as we've seen, when you don't necessarily have to be as safe and you kind of deliver on that, you can open up and, you know, try more things and inflex around there. But very, you know, generic movie, again, cater to the right community. Now you have box office success. So what is kind of your thoughts on, again, it was a safer movie, in my opinion. I feel like you'd have the, you know, typically we're on the save wave or wavelength when it comes to the movies. But that being said, I think it was like a strategic chess match with Blumhouse perfectly to delivering this type of movie that was a softer PG 13 horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely think Blumhouse is really good at the PG 13 stuff. And if you're going to, if you're going to make a lot of money in the box office, it has to be PG 13. That's just what needs to happen. And obviously when I heard that it was PG-13, I was a little bit disappointed because I know it's pretty gritty. The story and the concept of it is pretty gritty and I'm, that gets me excited. I like gritty horror. I like blood, guts, and just crazy stuff. So when it was, when it did land at Blumhouse, I was like, ah, you know, this is going to be, you know, his PG-13 thing, which is what he did with Megan and some of these other ones where 
they're um you know they're just lighter horror movies they don't have the real fear and the the gore and the practical effects that i really like but it really is a genius move for two reasons number one it's a horror starter movie for a lot of people and like my horror starter movie was tremors right a lot of people it's gremlins it's just these lighter horror movies that aren't too shocking they aren't too scary but they get people involved or interested in the genre Five Nights at Freddy's probably going to create more horror fans in the next 10 years than any other movie that we've seen in a while. And, you know, Blumhouse is the reason he did it. Megan was another one. Good introduction for movie. Get more fans, younger fans, because PG-13 is going to be targeted a little bit younger. And those people are going to grow up to be horror fans in the, you know, the next couple decades. So it was a good move. Um, I think Blumhouse really knows that market. He produces multiple PG-13 movies that just blow up. Um, and I am interested to see this one because I heard there was some gruesome stuff in there, but they kind of, you know, went around it a little bit with like shadows and other things, um, which I thought is kind of an interesting thing. Because if you can make a PG-13 movie and make it scary and gritty um, without the, you know, the deaths and the craziness, I think that's a skill. I think it's really something cool to be able to do that where you're you're limited by what you can do to get that PG-13 rating. But at the same time, if you can create the atmosphere, um, those are atmospheric horror, some of my favorite horror. So, you know, Blumhouse is the king of this stuff right now. And I think these movies, all horror fans should really be excited for these because they're going to, you know make sure horror continues to grow we're going to get all new kinds of audience members and a lot of those audience members are going to start with five nights at freddy's but you know they're going to go on to more grittier stuff and explore the different subgenres of the horror the horror genre um, in itself and what's nice is again as those you know new horror introduces are kind of developing and growing you know, eventually a R-rated Five Nights at Freddy's could be in the mix in the sense where, you, all right, now let's step it up. Let's make it that gritty version because we know the ecosystem works here. So another thing I want to kind of talk about is when the reviews first started coming out, I think it's got like a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. So just to let you guys know, Forest of Death and Horror in the Forest, officially 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So our movies are better than Blumhouse's. We finally did it. Checkbox, checkmate. We won that one. But the reviews that came out, I think we're kind of looking at it from that movie element where I think the people reviewing the movie had no understanding about what this was meant for. And kind of how I was mentioning, I give it a two out of, like, I give it a four out of 10 by itself, six out of 10 with kind of the lore, 10 out of 10 with what the actual marketing and strategy of this concept is. So a lot of the reviews that were coming in were kind of criticizing this and criticizing this. And you know what this really reminds me of? You are not your audience. And I think, again, this is something that, you know, you've mentioned before, A24 does really, really well. Blumhouse is really, really well. I think we do on a complete next level, and we're going to continue to do so with our model. But do you want to kind of talk about how, at this point, the reviews don't matter? Like, with Five Nights at Freddy's, going in with this momentum in this community, you know, again, you could kind of cash out. And if you have, you know, not so good of a movie, you might not have the ability to go ahead and, you know, make another one potentially, like that's always a downside. But I mean, again, this was just, I think people who were upset with this movie were looking for it to be more in line with what their experience with the original game might have potentially been, or either it missed some lore thing that they had there. But I think at the end of the day, they're happy because they got to go, they got to dress up, they got to enjoy the movie. There's kind of like a back and forth going on right now when it comes to just like the social media stuff. 
But as all of this happens, the box office continues to grow and continues to increase. And I think, again, you could have a really, really well-received critical movie that just does nothing in box office. And then you can have a Five Nights at Freddy that really, again, leans into the fans, leans into the community, and you'll have amazing success. So you want to kind of talk about that difference? Because I think that, to me, just kept, I think that got, I think they caught Hollywood sleeping on this one. You know, one Blumhouse kind of gets the short end of the stick to begin with in Hollywood. But that being said, you know, I think a lot of the review people were kind of like, oh, this is just not a good movie. Comes out there, hits a home run. And at the end of the day, you know, the box office and the dollar speak. Yeah, I think, uh, well, number one, the horror audience, the horror fan base is always very split. Everything's very polarizing. If you go look at the Facebook groups for horror movies, um like you look talk to me came out and half the people love it and i thought it was fantastic half the people absolutely hate it and i just i don't understand that but everyone's entitled their opinion they have different tastes exorcist believer wasn't really a movie for me but people go on there and they love it you know and the other people don't really like it though so it's people who like you know look at forest of death um people like the movie because it was campy it was more fun Newer horror uh, people did not like that movie at all because they thought it was cheesy and they didn't like it and they didn't understand the tropes. Um, then we make horror in the forest and the people who like elevated horror um, really liked the movie. They liked realistic horror. The people who didn't like it were the old school fans because they just compared it to Blair Witch. But it's all polarizing, but it's not a bad thing. Like you're never going to please everybody and the more the more polarizing the movie is with the reviews, the better the movie performs. It's a good thing to have this polarization because that means that you're inciting a reaction from the people who really like it and the people who don't re- like it. But it's a discussion that starts. And, you know, if people are watching your movie, that's the best way to start. And I think all horror movies on IMDb, horror movies are always rated the lowest then if you make found footage movies, they're going to get knocked down even further because found footage is a very specific subgenre where even their fans um, are very polarizing as well. So it doesn't surprise me. I think you had a lot of people with Five Nights at Freddy's and with Megan who really wanted the elevated, gritty, gore horror like that I like. Um, but then you have the audience of people, once again, starter horror people who really enjoyed the movie and they give it a really good rating. So if you're a horror filmmaker um you know you're never going to please anybody honestly the the our lowest reviewed movies are always our best movies as far as revenue wise um and i think it's just going to continue like that you're never going to please everybody um and a lot of people just have knee-jerk reactions to hey i wasn't scared this movie sucks it's like all right you know come on man um so you got to kind of keep that stuff in mind. And I do see a lot of filmmakers who are like, oh, my movie's got an eight out of 10 on IMDb. Um, yeah, but it's got like five reviews. So it's like, you really want to get the mass in there. You want to have a lot of people reviewing stuff. Um, the more polarizing, usually the better. Um, we don't actively go out there and try and make polarizing movies. I try and find, you know, hone different techniques, try and hit different target audiences with each one. But as we continue to make these movies, it's just really kind of cool to see how many smaller subgenres and different tastes that people have throughout the horror genre. Um, there's so many little segments that people really like. Um, and even like analog horror, look at the rise of analog horror with Outwaters and Skinnamarink and the Backrooms, um, which Blumhouse is going to have as well. So it'd be interesting how they do that. But that's extremely polarizing. 
people liked Skinner Marink and they liked Outwaters and other people really, really hated it. Um, and there's no right answer to that, but look at those two polarizing movies that did absolute work at the box office. Um, and it's going to continue to be like that. But if you're a filmmaker, um, you want that. You want polarization. You want to have engagement. You want to have discussions about your movies, um, you know, whether good or bad. Exactly that. So take that, critics. We know the people will speak. So that being said, the last thing I really kind of wanted to talk about when it comes to um, what we're, you know, really seeing with the overall um, landscape that we have is the movies that are actually developing new IP and are getting sequel are pretty much predominantly on the horror side. You know, I need to kind of take a look myself, but I think aside from your classic superhero movies, which having that pipeline there, you're really not seeing franchises being born when it comes to um, them being released outside of the horror. And guess whose name pops right back up? Blumhouse. Megan got extended. Um, I know The Exorcist, when they paid for about $400 million for The Exorcist title, the whole idea is to kind of reuse that. So that's kind of reusing old IP there, but again, a reboot. And now you have Five Nights at Friday's, which again is IP, but is most likely going to build another franchise um, element there. And I think, again, it leads back to that community element of things of when you build or when you make movies for the horror community, they really, really, really support it to a completely different level. And I think what you're seeing now is as the general public is moving away from movie theaters, only those that are really kind of committed. You know, I, I always feel like the most enthusiastic people are usually horror buffs when it comes to like on average. I'm sure you have, you know, your really, really, really artsy cinema people who are, you know, all into just whatever the different elements of the eras are. But I think the people that you're seeing now that are really stepping up and really keeping these theaters and these franchises pumping along is this horror community. So do you want to kind of talk about how because the community is so active, they're going to continue to be rewarded like the market will seek out this community and this group. And this is why I think we're kind of on the cutting edge here of trying to take it to the next step of working directly with our community and to really add that next level. Because, I mean, I kind of look at imagine if you were doing what our process was for Five Nights at Freddy's or for, you know, um, any of these major movies. You know, imagine the opportunity or the chance to audition to be part of a Five Nights at Freddy's or some big IP like that. Again, we're you know very tiny now. But I just think as things continue to scale, you're going to see more IP developed for horror. You're going to see more success for horrors. Again, Outwaters is going to get, I believe, uh, more sequels. I know Terrifier is kind of, you know, doing work with that as well, too. So I think this horror community, because they continue to step up and show up and support the creators that are making movies that they like to see, they're now going to get rewarded. And I think horror is only going to continue to thrive over the next, you know, course of the the decade. So what are kind of your thoughts when it comes to the, the current landscape and how, you know, by them supporting this movie and by them doing all this stuff, it just, it, again, it solidifies its place in Hollywood of being a very lucrative way to continue to make movies, which is becoming slimmer and slimmer as the landscape shifts. Yeah, I think you're definitely seeing the trend um, of community engagement and support. It's coming through Hollywood. Um, obviously, Blumhouse, A24 um, are leading the charge. But I mean, I still I'm a big believer that I just don't think that the people will still go to theaters. I still think people really want to go to theaters. I think we've seen multiple movies this year that show people want to go to the theaters. I think that you just have to have a movie that people want to go see. 
That's pretty much it. Nobody's going. I think the segment of moviegoers that is dying or has is dead is the people who are like, hey, it's Friday night. Let's go see a movie. All right, what's out? And then they kind of scroll through Fandango or their app and they like, hey, this one looks good. Let's go see that. I think those people are gone. I think the people now um, that want to go see theater movies, they want to go see The Exorcist, they want to go see Five Nights at Freddy's, they want to go see um, all these other movies, they'll go and do it. And I think that segment is healthy. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, You know, hopefully the theaters kind of shift what's going on. And I honestly think the person who's going to lead this shift is Taylor Swift with what she's doing, where she completely cut out um, distribution and just did it herself. And I think that theaters are going to see that that works. And I think we might actually see theaters more inclusive to smaller filmmakers or people without the contacts. The middleman might kind of go away a little bit, um, but it's going to be the people who can have a community and get that community rewarded and get those people into the movies and build buzz about their movies and get excitement going are going to be the filmmakers that are going to, you know, win uh, box office in the next probably five to 10 years. I definitely agree. And again, that's just going to be the shifting landscape. Huge shout out again to Blumhouse and that entire team for what they have pulled off because it really is the case of, again, just a franchise and a community getting what they've they've deserved with all the support and now solidifying it. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Next episode, we're going to talk about how kind of the community opens up a lot of different elements for developing new IP specifically coming from games or different things like that. So that'll be kind of the conversation that we continue about five nights at Freddy's and the overall community or the overall ecosystem of filmmaking right now. Be sure to take a look at our movies online. Horror in the forest is now out. If you give it a rent and review, it means the world to us. And also take a look at our discord channel as long because we make movies for our fans with our fans until then have a good one.